Welcome to the June 15, 2020 edition of the Abrams Boxing Show. On today's show, I interview undefeated featherweight Giovanni Cabrera Mileti. Uh, Mileti just signed with Banner Promotions, and he's a lot of interesting things to say about fighters of the past. And he's a very confident guy and engaging fighter to speak with. Then I uh, talk with heavyweight contender Travis Kauf, and Travis, uh, who battled coronavirus early uh, in the pandemic, feels that he's just one fight away from being right in the mix of the heavyweight division. So listen to these two terrific interviews. Now here's my interview with Giovanni Cabrera Mialetti. We are live Monday night here in, uh, I'm in Philadelphia. Let's take this all the way out to Chicago where we have brand new banner promotion signee Giovanni Cabrera Mialetti. Hey Giovanni, what's happening? Oh, you know, just enjoying the beautiful weather out here in Chicago. I'm excited to be here and to talk to you. You look like you're just uh, you're just chilling. What are you hanging out on the porch? Yeah, just hanging out back, enjoying some fresh air, relaxing after training. I was gonna I was gonna say you, you have a barbecue going or something on the porch oh, or anything. No. <laughs> not so, today, not today. So we'll get into um, you know everything with banner promotions and everything going forward. But let's take a step back. Uh, obviously, we've all been kind of uh, kind of uh, shut in for the last couple months with the coronavirus, COVID nineteen. Uh, what have you been up to in the last couple months? Well, funny enough, you know, I was uh, preparing for a fight I, in December. I had just finished training camp with Gary Russell Jr. Uh, in his preparation in his title defense against Mumbaiar. Um, so after that, I came home, I started my own preparations for training camp. I, I went for about eight weeks in Alaska, uh, in Anchorage, oh, wow. running in the freezing cold, Rocky style, you know, chopping wood, fighting some moose, that kind of thing. So is, is that, that something you did like on your own or? Oh, uh, no, me and my trainers decided to spend some time up there. We thought it would be good to change the atmosphere a little bit, you know, and just kind of test ourselves and different methods of training so yeah that, 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 that's that, that's interesting uh to talk about that experience a little bit yeah it was really cool uh we were staying in anchorage right in downtown i was running every morning at 5 a.m uh every once in a while a moose would sneak up and scare the crap out of me so that was kind of interesting uh it was super cold it was about some it was about, uh, I would say, five degrees. Sometimes it'd be negative 10, negative 20, and I would just have to, you know, man up and then get out there and get the road work done. Very, very tough, uh, tough test. Now, now, so this is this is during the um, this is during the last couple months, then. Yeah, during the last couple months, I was ready to fight, and I was uh, gonna fight at the end of March, and then obviously uh, the world pandemic happened, and we kind of all had to deal with that, but. Uh, you know, I had basically two back-to-back training camps, so I'm I'm ready to fight. So, uh, is is this something that um? I mean, this is a kind. Of, I don't know if it's an un untapped uh, kind of uh, training methods. I haven't heard too many fighters go up to Alaska, but do you think this is something that you may be doing more in the future? Uh, definitely. You know, just to put yourself in a different environment and to be tested by the elements. I mean, it's going to show you what you're really made of. Are you willing to get up that early in the blistering cold and, and get the miles done? You know, it, it shows what, what kind of grit you have. And so I believe, yeah, it's a very, very good way to, to test yourself in training. Well, Banner Promotions, a couple of years ago, they had a fighter named Ruslan Provodnikov, who I'm sure you've seen fight the, the Siberian Rocky. And he used to send uh, 
pictures of him jumping in the in the lake at like minus 40 degrees with just his bathing suit on. So if you're training up in Alaska, Artie's going to, I'm sure, you know, want some video of that if, if, you're, if you want to do something like that. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. It, was, it, was, it, was, it was some crazy stuff. Um, so um, let's talk about, uh, obviously you came out today, you signed with Banner Promotions, 18 and 07 knockouts. Uh, you, you start boxing at age 16. Um, talk about that, how you got into the sport. Yeah, well, uh, I remember my real first um, kind of emotional connection with boxing. I was at a friend's house, you know, and full of people. There was about 100 people in this, in this room. And Manny Pacquiao, it was 2009, Manny Pacquiao, I believe September, and he was fighting Miguel Cotto. And it was such an exciting fight. And everyone would look up and they were talking about this little guy named Manny Pacquiao and how, uh, how much they respected him and what kind of a great man and great champion he was. And that really kind of inspired me um, to be like, oh, wow, like, I, I, I kind of want to be thought of that way. I, this guy is awesome. You know, I think I, can, I, think I want this kind of respect. Well, well, a hundred people in in someone's house must be a pretty big house, then, huh? <laughs> must have been a hell of a party. hundred no, people. No, it was there. just a Mexican party, so you know we oh, well. a lot of people in a small space. <laughs> um. So, so how soon after you know you see this fight, and I know you you told me you started reading about Pacquiao, reading a little bit about Muhammad Ali. How soon after that fight you say, you know what, I want to go down to the boxing gym and see what this is all about. Um, I think it was immediate. Immediately, I started training after that. Maybe it was a couple of weeks. I, I had some trouble convincing my mother. You know, she didn't, she did not want to see me get punched in the face. But um, I started training, and I think I showed a little promise. You know, I was never afraid to scrap it out with, with you know, my fellow uh, schoolmates. It was funny enough. So th- after that fight, I started training, and I. That Christmas, my brother, we do like a Secret Santa thing every year. And he, I pulled his name from the bag and he wanted boxing gloves. So we get wow. two pairs of boxing gloves. And uh, I, I would put them on with uh, my brother's about six foot, like 250 pounds, a real oh, big wow. guy, football <laughs> player, football player. And all of my buddies were football players also. So we would put the gloves on with each other. And I was the, the, the most fearless and I would always kind of really, really, sometimes I would punch them in the nose, make them bleed or make them stop. And I was like, whoa, maybe I have some kind of gift in this. And um, I continued training. And a few weeks later, I had my first fight um, kind of on the southwest side of Chicago in a little VFW hall in Summit, Illinois. And um, the guy came out and before I knew anything he was on the ground and the fight was over in oh, 10 seconds i knocked wow. him out so you're probably like this stuff is easy uh, you know <laughs> what i i didn't think it was possible i i didn't think i was capable of, of doing something like that and when i did i really felt like a strong surge of self-confidence and power that i that i that i didn't know was there before now you split your time you split your amateur career between Chicago, you won the Chicago Golden Gloves, and then you went down to Mexico. Um, you, your your mother's Mexican, correct? My father's father's Mexican. Mexican. Your father's Mexican, so you go down there and you win some tournaments down there. Uh, describe the differences of you know amateur fighting in Chicago and in Mexico. Well, I've always been, um, uh, you know, list. Growing up watching Manny Pacquiao and then later on, one of my biggest inspirations, Muhammad Ali, you know, I was a lefty and, and, and 
their both of their footworks really inspired me to be more of a mover, more of a boxer, to try to use different angles and that kind of thing. And um, I was really, that was kind of my style. And I think a lot of boxers in Chicago are more of pure boxers, you know, the Midwest, the best from the Midwest, as they say, you know, Floyd Mayweather is from Michigan, mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot, a lot of good slick boxing here in Chicago. But um, I wanted to go back to my Mexican roots and kind of find the, the deep, uh, we call them fajador, the brawling style, the, the one that shows the machismo of our culture. And I went down there and I, I got what I asked for. I mean, it was, I was fighting every weekend for the whole year, basically. And um, yeah, I really got to, to test myself in that way because these kids in Mexico, they're not, I mean, Chicago's a rough place, but Mexico is just as rough, man. I mean, these kids come from nothing. They're, they're angry. They want to fight. And uh, I, I, I really learned everything that that kind of same, to generate that same energy in the ring is something pretty, pretty awesome. You, you mentioned your brawling style and your Mexican roots, but there's also, a, you know, a, a lot of great, you know, from the other half of your family, a lot of great Italian fighters, Italian-American yeah. fighters, um, that also are known for their blood and guts kind of, kind of way. So you feel you got a little bit of, of each of that in you? Oh, yeah, I love it. I think I have both fighting bloods. I, you know, I, Rocky Marciano, Jake LaMotta, uh, Willie Pep. You know, I love Willie Pep. Huge inspiration to me. Oh, wow, okay. I, a, lot, a lot of my beginning fights, I was more of a pure boxer and as a pro. And um, they would say, like, oh, you know, he's moving around like Willie, like Willie. And uh, I really love that. I really love that. But uh, more and more, I've been trying to um, sit down on my punches and, um, and, and get the knockouts, which I've been able to do so in recent fights. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, uh, you know, you fought um, just doing the research. Uh, you, you, you see some prospects, they get their record built up fighting, you know, guys with, with pretty backwards records. You've defeated, count them, seven undefeated opponents. Uh, talk about that being matched there. Uh, you know, pretty tough uh, um, coming up the ranks. What's that, you know, uh, say about you? No, it just, it just, it's honesty more than anything because I think boxing um, has been waiting, waiting for, for the old school to come back. You know, we're, we're kind of starving for the real grit of, of the game that we used to love so much in the 80s, especially, you know, with like Marvin Hagler, Duran, uh, Sugar Ray Leonard, Tommy Hearns fighting you know, the best that they could, they, those fights did not have to be made. And, you know, I kind of see myself as a inspired and a descendant of the old school of boxing. So I, I'm in, I'm in boxing because I want to be a champion of the world, you know, and I want to be a great champion. Uh, there is no pretending in this game. We call it the chamber of truth for a reason. So, uh, you know, I say if I'm a boxer and if I'm going to be the champion of the world, bring them on, you know, bring them on. And I've been able to do that. And I think, uh, they thought, I think those guys thought it was going to be an easy fight. I think they thought that it was going to, like, I was a fool for taking the fight, but really, they were the foolish ones. It, it sounds like, and it sounds like, and you've only been boxing for, for less than 10 years. It sounds like, uh, just based on talking to you these last couple minutes, that you, you, you really like study your craft. You're taught, you know, bring up Rocky Marciano and the, the Chamber of Truth and stuff like that. A lot of fighters have probably been fighting longer and you probably don't may not even know that much. Would you consider you be almost like a, a scholar of the game, someone who, who, who reads up on uh, what's going on? Definitely, definitely. You know, all the great fighters, you know, are, are the ones to emulate. I mean, you know, 
I mean, the greats, the modern greats like Manny Pacquiao, Oscar De La Hoya, um, Floyd Mayweather, you know, they're all great. They're all great, you know, and, and Floyd Mayweather's 15-0 record is something astonishing that probably will never be reproduced. But if you compare that to, uh, let's say, Julio Cesar Chavez, like 80 win streak, I mean, it's kind of hard. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't have that in the back of their minds, in the back of their mental catalog, and how to put in perspective today's boxing, you know, and I, I just really, um, I think those guys are the heroes of boxing, and I, you know, I tip my hat to them so much. Well, that, 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 that's a great, it's a great answer. Um, how, how often do you, do you get back to Mexico at all, and if so, do you do any training down there? Uh, yeah, every time, I mean, I try to go back at least once a year and yeah, I'm greeted with open arms and all of the gyms in Leon, Leon, Guanajuato. That's where my father was born. And that's mm -hmm. where I was boxing as an amateur there. And yeah, I love it there. You know, um, it's a great, beautiful city. And yeah, uh, every time that I go there, the kids are excited to see me and okay, we're going to get some sparring with the Gio. We're going to get some sparring with Gio. And I, I try to, you know, give them the pointers and make them learn most from the experience. Gotcha. Um, any, there are a lot of pros in the gym that, that you, um, that you frequent down there? Uh, yeah, a lot of pros, uh, a lot of the guys that I fought on the same like state Olympic team uh, are all kind of professionals down there now and they're all trying to make their way through Mexico and become the best there. So uh, I go there and I spar them and it's, it's lots of fun. And, and they're aware of your success so far as a professional 18 and 0 with seven knockouts. Yes, they do. Yes, there they go. Do. Now, I just try to give them as much as um, advice and experiential stuff that I can, and they appreciate it. So it's it's always great. Got a couple questions. Maybe these are uh, from uh, I don't know if these are people you know. Uh, Jose Berta Rizzo. This kid is the real deal. Seen him fighting before in Southern California. He's a very smart and skilled fighter. And then Jose Quezada Senior. Yes, buddy, Team Quezada. You know these uh these people. You know, I would imagine. Yeah, all guy. Casada uh, is a very good fighter from Chicago. Hats to him, respect to him. Uh, the other guy uh, saw me fight in, in Southern California. He, he he saw me fight the undefeated Roberto Meza, who is no longer undefeated. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, thank you. Thanks a lot for the support, guys. Um, we mentioned training in Mexico. Talk about training Chicago. Chicago, a lot of great fighters past, present, and future from Chicago. Who are some of the people that you, you share the gym? Any notable names? Um, in my gym, I am the, uh, the only fighter who is a professional fighter, but there are many good fighters, to name a few. Um, Martez McGregor, a light heavyweight, no, is a great fighter. Just, just fought here in um, Philly. Yeah, uh, Josh, Joshua Greer, as we know. Eddie Wait, Ramirez, another great fighter. Yep. Um, uh, Josh Hernandez, the guy who I just beat at the Winchester Arena, very good fighter as well. Former Golden Gloves champion as well. Um, yeah, Chicago's full of talent. Uh, Nathaniel Gilmore, another great fighter. Good 54-pounder, yep. Oh, so, yeah, a lot of so, good guys. So we were 18-0, and now uh, in, in the last, you know, with I, I think the contracts are signed a couple weeks ago, but now with Banner Promotions, uh, and uh, obviously uh, Artie has had a lot of success with, with, with a lot of fighters that talk about that move. Yeah, you know, I'm really, really excited because I think it's a good fit for me, especially here in Ben Promotions. You know, with guys like Ruslan Provodnikov, I mean, only only a smart eye would be able to tell that that guy was one of the toughest guys in the modern era. I mean, Ruslan Provodnikov 
to me is just like a guy like like Gene Fulmer or you know one of those guys from back in the day who 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 you could hit in the head with a frying pan and they wouldn't even flinch so uh, I feel like uh, I bring the same kind of relentless kind of spirit and uh, I'm a guy's going to have to kill me before he beats me. You know, I, I'll never give up in the ring. So I'm very uh, proud of that. That's very, uh, I think that kind of culture is the culture at Banner Promotions. You know, we are true fighters. I just got done playing a bunch of rounds of uh, boxing Jeopardy. My Achilles heel was some of the old stuff. I, I should have called you the night before my games. You're uh, yeah. bringing up Gene Fulmer, Marciano, and, and all this stuff. Next time I play, I may have to, I may I may have to get some knowledge out of you. So so uh, um, obviously with everything going on, uh, Rick Glenn uh, asked uh, when uh, will we, he fight next. I, I would imagine you don't because everything going on. I, I don't know. Uh, have you been given a date or anything? Uh, I think we're thinking about something in um, in August, but uh, again, it's something I have to discuss with with. Artie and uh, Banner promotions, and we'll we'll decide then. But hopefully soon, you know, I'm ready, ready as always, and I'm just looking for the opportunity to get out there again. DeAndre Wilson says respect, Linda Valley. We love you, Geo. Can't wait to see you fight under the Banner stable. So looks like you got a lot of fans out there, and uh, you know, you you've already fought on national television. You got a nice win over Luis Perozo on Showbox, the New Generation. Uh, talk about that fight. Luis Perozo, you know, I respect him. You know, he was a very good fighter, very difficult, very tricky fighter. I had a game plan prepared for him, and I think he came out in the first couple of rounds and did the exact opposite of what I prepared for. So it was a nice surprise, but, you know, I'm the kind of fighter that I believe is uh, intelligent enough to adapt. And uh, once I figured out his style, I knew I had him. I knew I had him. And my favorite part about this fight, was the progression in between the rounds and hearing his corner. They first started like, Luis, you did a good job. You did a good job. Luis, you got to move your head more. You got to move. Fifth round, Luis, you're, you're messing up, man. You're messing up, man. And then by the end, there was zero kind of hope for them. And uh, it just kind of shows what a fighter will do when, when he is broken down, you know. And uh, I think I was very proud of that fight. He was an undefeated Olympian from Ecuador. So... You know, that's that's the kind of wins that I'll be proud of on, when I look back on my career. I was just about to say, you know, a lot of people like those knockouts and stuff like those quick knockouts. Seems like you, you you like the thinking man's aspect of it. You know, we break them down the body, then go, you know, kind of break them down little by little systematically, and then you know, maybe you get, you, the late stoppage may come, or uh, you, or you put on a real complete performance. Would that be fair to say? I think it would be, I think that is fair to say, you know, um, but for a while, you know, as I really um, settled into becoming a professional boxer, I, I, I got like six straight knockouts in a row. And then I had a couple of tough fights with Luis Perozo and, and, and Josh Hernandez, and they're very good fighters. But um, yeah, I mean, knockouts come, you know, all those guys that I knocked out, you know, Antonio Escalante, former number one world contender, mm-hmm. I, I didn't try to knock him out. And I think as most like, really good fighters know that it's about how correct you throw the punch you know when I knock guys out I didn't even know that with what punch I hit them but they were on the floor and they were down so I think the best thing to do is just continue to set them up continue to to do the right thing to bait them and uh, the knockouts will come you mentioned Escalante like I said while I was doing the research 
see all these undefeated guys, you know, some, you know, guys that were, were brought in as opponents, but also Escalante, Tyrone Harris, two guys who have been in there with, with everybody, you know, and, and I mean, you've had a little bit of, of, of everything uh, coming up. You feel uh, that that is kind of, um, I mean, you stir them all in a pot and you've, uh, kind of got got a little bit the taste of all kinds of styles, all kinds of experience and whatnot. Yeah, I fought boxers, counter punchers, brawlers, swarmers, you know, I fought lefties, uh, I fought righties, you know, I think I'm 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 very well prepared, you know, to for a lot of the things that are gonna be expected at the high level. But I don't think that they have ever fought a guy like me. So there you go. Very tricky situation for them once they once right. they come face to face with it. Winding down winding down with Giovanni Cabrera Meletti. Got a question for you. Uh Mexican and Italian, two two of the greatest cuisines on the planet. Do, do you I'm I'm gonna try not to get you in trouble with your parents. <laughs> do, do, do you prefer one over the other? Oh man, it's so hard to choose. <laughs> it's so hard to choose. You know, I love I love Mexican food. I love like carne asadas. I love tacos. You know, but that's probably some of my favorite food. But you can't go wrong with Italian food. No. It's like Rocky Marciano said that uh, pasta killed more Italians than all of the wars combined. You know. Wow. So as a boxer, you know, I try to stay away from that kind of stuff too much, but. But I love it. Yeah, incredible cuisine, and Chicago has some of the best yes. food. That definitely. We gotta get you to fill yours. There's a couple of Italian spots. You know, Artie will not be shy showing you some nice Italian restaurants in Philly. So, um, awesome. anything you want to say to the fans in closing? We get to know you a little bit more here tonight. Uh, you know what? I just uh, I look out for me. You know, I think I'm the real deal, and I'm willing to face all challenges. You know, I'm willing to make the best fights, and I think uh, I, I think I'm, I'll be the champion that the people have been waiting for. So. Thank you for your continued support, and uh, I'll be here, and I can't wait to show my my talents in the next fight. And my last question I ask everybody, where do we find you on social media? You can follow me on Instagram under Gio Cabrera Boxing and on Facebook under Gio Cabrera Mioletti Boxing. This has been a, a tremendous interview. I thank you for a few minutes of your time, and when you get that date scheduled, we'll get you back on, and uh, we'll preview the fight. Of course. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you. Bye-bye. We are live tonight with uh, heavyweight contender Travis Coffin, who uh, has been training down in Houston, Texas. What's happening, Travis? Not much, man. Living the dream. Can't wait to get back in the ring. Can't wait to get back in the ring. Take a couple steps back. Uh, obviously, it was well documented that you – caught the uh, coronavirus, COVID-19, and uh, you obviously been well now for a couple months. Uh, how how you been feeling? Is there any lingering effects or anything? Any uh... um, any lingering effects? No. Um, I think after, after I got tested positive for COVID-19, like COVID-19 immediately went in hiding from me. So got away from me, and I'm good. So were you um, – I really haven't had a chance to talk to you. Were you uh, at all scared? You know, you get that diagnosis, you see what's going on in the news. Were you, were you, I mean, did you have any worries about anything? Uh, I mean, I was. I'd be a liar to sit there and say I wasn't worried. I, mean, I wasn't worried as far as my health because I'm, I'm pretty healthy for the most part. My concern was my children being a single father, uh, one of them catching it, 
my concern was if my father caught, caught it, what's going to happen with him, and he did catch it. Um, me, I've never – honestly, man, as crazy as it sounds, I'm not afraid to die. Like, in a sense, I feel like I don't want to die, of course. But in a sense, I always feel like I lived a long life. Like, if I die, fuck it. Like, whatever. As long as my kids don't die or my father or whatever, like, not saying that's the best way to think, but I wasn't really too scared about the COVID-19. I know I'm healthy, and the percentage of people dying is 0 0.01. So am I going to be that point zero one? If that's the case, that was God's that was God's calling for me to go. What um? How long did it take? Obviously, you know, you read the thing. Usually takes two weeks or something. How long did it take you really to start feeling like yourself again? Seven days. Oh wow. Okay. So went in, went out, and that th that was it. Okay. So then uh, I know you've been down in Houston, uh, Texas, uh, uh, training down there. How's everything going with that? Life is good. I come out here every night and skinny dip. Oh, God. So, so, so life can't be that bad. <laughs> the, world, the, the, the world did not need to know that. And if, and if I see any of that, the, the video is going off. I'm uh, going live tonight, baby. Well, no, well, 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 you, well you can do that. Um, so, so talk about, I know obviously you train in writing, you've been in training camps all over the place. You're, you've been, uh, yeah, I know your father has had a house down in Houston for a while now. So you're pretty much uh, comfortable down there. Talk about uh, training down in Houston, Texas. Well, I've been coming back and forth to Houston for the last six years. My first, my first time down here was I came down here to help Brian Jennings get ready. Brian Jennings called me down to help him get ready for Mike Perez. Um, I came down here. I was only down here for a week. I liked it, but I didn't really get to get the feel of it. Then, like, a year later, after I had my knee surgery, because I ended up having knee surgery right after that, and uh, I heard there of a place called Plex, um, which is uh, where a lot of uh, fighters go for therapy. Jamal Ch Jamel Chol and Jamal Chol used to train there. Um, so I was going there for my therapy, and I fell in love with Houston, the environment out here. Um, not so much the training at that time, um, but I did fall in love with the environment, the athletes, the, uh, you know, when, when you, when you're around a bunch of other athletes, it's like a competitive thing. You want to be just as good or if not better. Um, you know, unfortunately in Reading, I'm the only pretty much quote unquote athlete in Reading. I mean, for the big name athlete in the sense, um, you know, we have Lonnie Walker, but he lives in San Antonio. So. You know, in writing, it's a little different. The athletes don't train together. We're all to ourselves. We all stay isolated from other people, which is weird. Um, but I love being out here because you're around, you're around other, other, other elite athletes like um, Trent Williams, Adrian Peterson, NFL players, uh, basketball players, Rashard Lewis. When you're around all these people, it just gives you a, a drive to know the small city I come from that there's a guy like me around all these people like this. Um, is, it, is, it, is it something I know you say been coming down the last six years? Is it something you wish that you've been – that you wish maybe that you, you found Houston a little bit sooner? Um, I talk about this all the time. I wish I would have turned out found Houston early in my career. Um, I think my career would have turned out a little bit different. I'm very happy with where my career is at. Um, but I believe it could have been a little better. Um, I could have made a lot more money. Uh, I could have had more fans, more support. Um, so, but I love it. I mean, God makes no mistakes and things happen for a reason. And, uh, but I do, I mean, I, I do think about that often, but I can't, I can't sit there and dwell on anything. I can't sit there and be upset. I'm I'll be 35 in another two months. Um, 35 me, for a heavy, 35 for a heavyweight, you know, that's not really. It ain't old. young, but it ain't old. 
uh, it's middle aged. Um, <laughs> but but I don't want to. I mean, I've been doing this. It seems like a hundred years. I, I turned pro at twenty years old. I'm thirty. I'll be thirty five. Um, I made decent money in my career, and I still have a lot more money to be made. But I I don't want to keep doing this forever. I mean, I got I got my fourteen year old son out here with me. Since he was born, I've been going to training camps. He's 14 now. By the time he retires, I'll be, he'll be 16, 17. When do they get a chance of dad living a normal life? You know what I mean? Um, so I still love what I do. I still love the money I make fighting. I still love the freedom the freedom it gives me. But at the same time, I, I still, in a sense, crave to be a normal person. You know? You, you've had some some nagging injuries here and there that's kept you out, you know, uh, that's kept you out of action. But in, in a way, do you feel that that could extend your career because you were out of the ring, you weren't, you know, taking beatings, you weren't getting hit, that maybe you can uh, maybe fight a couple extra years more than may, maybe, you know, the, the average uh, career? Um, I'll be real right now. Um, not for me, no. Maybe huh? some people. I wouldn't sit here and say I live a. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and say I'm an angel in between fights. Um, I put a lot of wear and tear on my body, not just training either. So, in my lifestyle, it's a hectic lifestyle. I got these knucklehead kids I chase after all day long. Um, so, hadn't I had the injuries? Um, like I said, it's been a gift and a curse. In a sense, I mean, it's a blessing because, yeah, it might have preserved me a little bit. Maybe not have taken so much punishment in a sense. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I mean, I've in in what's it been now? Fourteen years as a professional. Fourteen years as a professional. Um, almost fifteen years as a professional. So fourteen years as a professional, I've probably only been active eight nine years. I mean, in reality, I had shoulder surgery, I had hand surgeries, I had knee surgeries. So right there alone is five years off. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So to do what I've done in nine years is amazing. Well, so uh, let's, let's get into the boxing aspect. Before the uh, COVID-19 shutdown and you getting the, the virus, everything like that, you were scheduled to fight, if I'm not mistaken. And what, what, Yeah, I was scheduled to fight March 28th, I believe it was, in um, – I forget where it was at. Mississippi or something, Minnesota or something like that. I forget where it was at. And you, who, a comeback fight, a tune-up. Did, did um, you have an opponent? Uh, I believe my dad had an opponent. I don't remember who it was. I can't think of off the top of my head. Um, it was a guy with a better than a 500 record, of course. But it wasn't, you know, no walk in the park. I mean, I mean it would have been great if I went out there in 10 seconds and knocked him out. But I don't think it was a walk in the park for me. I, there's a lot of times, even in the gym when I spar guys, there's, there's certain people that can spar, and I can probably take them out there right away. But for me, it's like, I have a, a an objective of what I'm trying to what I'm what I'm trying to do. So my last fight, well, my fight that was supposed to happen. It was supposed to be next, April April 11th. I'm being told. Is that what it was? Yeah. I thought it was March 28th. Okay, well, whatever it was. Um, my mentality was, of course, I thought I would have knocked the guy out. I could have knocked him out one round. Probably could have knocked him out. Ten, it was an eight round fight. Probably could have knocked him out three round. Whatever it was. My mentality was to fill the shoulder out, make sure it feels good, and then knock him out because I would have knocked him out. I just don't know what round. Um, but I, I don't think it would have done many good going out there and blast them out, blasting them out. And, and obviously you're with uh, Al Heyman and uh, Premier Boxing Champions. Nick Guivas was the guy you were supposed to fight. We, we, I know uh, Nick. Um, uh, when they, if and when or when you do get that call, and obviously things are a little bit different now in terms of the, the way the fights are going to be set up for a while with no fans and whatnot, 
if if you were asked to, to, to fight, not a tune-up, but maybe a step-up kind of fight, is that something that, that, that you would, would have to take the ju- jump at, or you still need to get one of these fights in following, following your surgeries? No, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I, that's how I'm in camp now. I got a big fight coming up, a guy who's right in the, in, to the top in the world until he fights me, and he's not going to be ready no more. Um, so, so you so, not, so you, so you, ha- you can't break no news, though, can you? I can't, I can't say who. Okay. I, I, I don't. I believe I could give the date. I don't. I'll let my dad answer that one. I think he's watching. Um, but I don't want to answer answer any questions. To, we we don't want to get we don't want to get him in trouble with the boss either. Uh, <laughs> so for me, I mean, I what I think I would take a tuna fight. What's what good is the tuna fight doing me? I'm 35 years old. I mean, I go out there with a tuna fight, get a guy like a Nick Cuevas, and go out there and and re-injure my knee, and then for a fight that's I'm making 25, 50 thousand, whatever it is, I get hurt. Or I go out there and fight a top dog, which I'll probably do better against a top dog guy than I will against a, a guy I should blast out. I'll probably do because I rise to my opposition. I rise to the level of the opponent I have. So I'll probably do better anyways with a higher opposition and, and show better. And then I'll have, I'm making more money. So I go out there and, God forbid, in that fight, uh, a top fight, get hurt. I'm getting hurt and I have six, six figures or whatever it is in the account. Compared to going out and getting hurt against a guy for twenty five, fifty thousand, to me, mm-hmm. I, I always tell my dad, I don't need, I don't want two of us no more. You know, my dad's always, he's still, even though I'm thirty five years old, I'm still in a sense his baby. So he still wants to, yeah, not he don't baby, he don't baby me anymore, but he's still in a sense he wants to. He's very precautious at certain things, and and I get it. I mean, I get it, but I tell my dad all the time, I'm, I'm not, I'm not getting any younger. So, so this is this is um. So the, the, this is a fight that, you know, should you come out with your hand raised, this is going to put you right in the mix then? I, I, when I come out with my hand raised, this will put me in for something huge. I'm hoping. I mean, it should. I mean, really, I really the talks of the, of the stories I'm hearing, um, the conversations I hear with my dad, um, this should really put me in a position that really changed my life forever. The, uh, the heavyweight division now, uh, you know, obviously right before we had the big Wilder Fury fight, it looks like they're going to fight a third time and possibly Fury and Joshua fighting twice. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think the best thing Wilder could do is take a tuna fight. I think the results are going to be the same regardless. Um, but I think he needs a tuna fight to build his confidence back up, get him like two or three tuna fights, to be honest with you. Um, I, I actually think that this this break helps him going into the third fight. I let, agree. It lets him, you know, relax. Because obviously I, they were talking about coming right back in July. This probably will happen, uh, you know, I think I think he's got, uh, you know, a, a, a shot in this fight now because of, uh, of the uh, pushback well, of the schedule. Well, well, anybody that hits as hard as Wilder always has a shot. Absolutely. I don't care how bad he is as as a fighter. Um, you know, he's not bad. He's not the most skilled, but it's not bad. Wilder has gotten better. You have to give him – you have to give credit where credit's due. This guy's been fighting – this guy's been fighting for 12 hours and mm-hmm. accomplishes all he's accomplished. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So you have to give, you have to give him all the credit he deserves. However, um, I'd prefer to see Joshua and, 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 and Fury. Um, I like that fight so much more than watching, than watching Wilder and Fury. I think it's more money. I think it's great for the sport. I think it's great for the division. I think it opens up bigger opportunities for guys like me who are trying to get there because now Wilder – I mean, Fury goes out there and beats Joshua, and Fury got all the belts. Mm-hmm. Now, I believe Fury goes out there and beats him. He probably retired. So now now we have 
what is it, four belts? So now yeah. we have four vacant belts. So now we have four vacant belts that eight different people can fight for. I see you got your Eagles hat on there. You mentioned about all the football players that are in the gym with you. They they they, they give you any uh, slack for that? Uh, they, they get on my case. They 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 tell me to take that shit off, but I tell them to kiss my ass. Fly Eagles, fly baby. Well, uh, unless they, unless any of these guys that you're in the gym with play for the Kansas City Chiefs, tell them uh, you know you, you're, they're not the defending Super Bowl champions. So uh, yeah. Right, um, right, right, right. Well, certain guys I give credit where credit due. I train a lot with Adrian Peterson, so he hasn't seen the hat. He hasn't said nothing about the hat. But if he asks me to take it off, I tell him, "Listen, we either spar for it or play some football. I'd prefer to spar, but it is your gym." He, 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 this—it's an interesting name. You mentioned thirty. You being thirty-five years old, he—he's a—he's a physical freak. You don't see running backs in the league at his age, especially after the couple knee surgeries he's had. You're in the gym with a guy like that. You see his work ethic, uh, you know, to be because you know they're they're just running backs at his age. They're no running backs at his age. Maybe Frank Gore. That's about it. You see, he must be a workout warrior there. So when you see a guy like him working out, you know, does that inspire you a little bit? Yeah, I mean it does. But you know, one thing I've noticed, I've noticed about a lot of older athletes. He's older, especially yeah. in football career. That's old. In the yeah, football career. for a running back, um, extremely old. Extremely old. So to see how he works out. It's not like he's a all day long. He's smart on how he works out. Even when he does his agility drills, I remember when I first came to this gym three years ago, seeing him work out. He works out a lot different three years ago than what he does today. So watching him, I catch it. I noticed this. I was telling my dad the same thing about me. I noticed things I've done when I was 22 and at 34, 35, I, I won't, I don't do. And I'm a lot smarter. I take my time. A lot of my injuries have come from not being smart, from being completely out of shape and going balls to the wall thinking I'm I'm invincible uh, and it kicks my ass. So I noticed like he's very cautious, even though he's a, he's a monster. I mean, I've seen him play last year to do what he does for the Washington Redskins at his age and still, you know, do what he does. It's, it's amazing. I mean, he's really a freak of nature. Well, Travis, anything else? Uh, you know, I, I see you're out there by the pool. You're getting ready to, you know, take your clothes off and go skinny dipping. So you, hey, so hey, you say, hey, hey. So, so you say, yeah, I, I think you, you moved your do, camera. Do you want to stay on? No, that's okay. That's okay. Um, <laughs> what, what was going to say? Oh, another question. You, you dipped your, you, you speak of uh, dipping your uh, feet in the pool. You dipped your feet in the pool of promoting a little bit last year. Uh, is that something? How did that go? Is that something that uh, you're going to be trying to pursue a little, little bit more? Uh, in the years uh, uh, to come, I don't know what to predict the the, the future. Uh, I don't predict the future, but I don't know what the future holds for me. Um, right now, I have no interest because I'm back in the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know what the, the future holds. My life is boxing. I don't know anything else but boxing. I've done this. I've been involved in the sport since I was nine years old, thirty-five. And by the time I, re- you know, I'm a, I'm a felon for selling weed, which is fucking legal everywhere now. But who's by the time I retire, I'll be 37, 38, and I never worked a day in my life. So who's going to want to hire a 38-year-old man with zero work experience and is a felon? Nobody. So I might be, you know, I might be forced to stay in this business, which I'm okay with because I know the business. But to be on the business side of things, I don't know. I don't know if I want to be. I mean, mm-hmm. it's up and down. It's a, it's a, it's a, in a sense, I feel like, how can I be something I bitched at all? all the time about mm-hmm. you know I mean? like the, I mean, there's some good guys in the business my dad being one of them 
Um, but there's, there's, there's a lot of slimy people in this business. And I believe in order to be successful, like very successful in this business, it's to somewhat be slimy. And I, don't, I can't see myself ripping off a fighter when I was a fighter. Yeah. I, just, I, I don't know if I can, but it's a business. So, and it's not necessarily ripping them off because of a fighter. If I'm, if they're all, if TV's off me $300,000 and the fighters are agreeing to fight for $50,000, am I really ripping them off? No, I mean, I don't know. So, I mean, I just have to learn the ins and outs of it more. But right now my focus, at least for the next two years, is just being in the ring and making as much money as I can before I walk away. Okay. Anything you want to say in closing out there before we uh, let you go? No. Um, you know, I appreciate all the love, all the support over the years. It's been a long, long road. I still got a couple more years left in this. And uh, I'm not stopping until hopefully until I'm the heavyweight champion of the world. Let's, let's, let's hope I – Let's hope that's when I stop. Um, you know, I don't want to stop before that. Let, last, but, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, last but not least, let's. Uh, where do we find you on social media? If we want uh, to like see all your want, all all your craziness that you're up to. Oh God! Well, most the most active I'm at is Facebook. You can find me on Facebook, Travis Kaufman. I have a fan site on Facebook, Travis My Time Kaufman. I have Instagram under My Time underscore Champ. And also, that's my same. The Twitter is exactly the same. My time underscore champ. Well, Travis, we'll see you. I, I would imagine soon, July. Uh, hey, I'm gonna try to get something out of you. That's what good August. recruiters do. August, okay. Date, August. Just August. There we go. So we'll see you in August, and I'll get you back on before the fight. We'll we'll preview it, and uh, you're gonna tell us how you're gonna knock X Y Z out. Have a All good right. night. Enjoy <laughs> enjoy Houston. I'll talk to you soon. All right, brother. Thank you. Thank you.